Welcome to KiteLine, a weekly radio program from WFHB that focuses on issues in the prison system and beyond. Behind the prison walls, a message is called a kite. Whispered words, a note passed hand to hand, a request submitted to the guards for medical care. Illicit or not, sending a kite means trusting that other people will bear it farther along until it reaches its destination. Here on KiteLine, we hope to share these words across the prison walls. Before starting with this week's theme, we wanted to share some prison-related news and announcements. Protesters across the country have been targeted by the police and FBI in an effort to halt the movement. Many of them are accused of participating in the uprisings that erupted across the country, including at least 31 people in Indianapolis who are facing serious charges. Police in Fort Wayne, Indiana, have picked off alleged protest leaders with raids and ambushes in order to hold them in jail and paralyze them with criminal charges. This pattern of violent state repression isn't new, and the previous generations of organizers from Ferguson, Missouri, were systematically targeted. One of them is Josh Williams, who was sentenced to eight years for his contributions to the uprising in Ferguson. He's up for parole and can use support. Learn more about Josh Williams at freejoshwilliams.com. In a unanimous veto-proof vote, the Minneapolis City Council has passed a resolution to dismantle its police department and put in place community alternatives for ensuring public safety and security. The council's resolution, titled Declaring the Intent to Create a Transformative New Model for Cultivating Safety in Our City, calls for establishing a commission to work out the details of the plan over the next year. The commission will be composed of most major city departments. The resolution calls for transitioning the duties of the Minneapolis Police Department, quote, to alternative, more appropriate responses to community requests for help and identifying the resources needed to perform this work in city departments, other agencies, and or community partners while the work of creating a new public safety system is in progress, end quote. The resolution is the result of weeks of global mass demonstrations against police violence and in support of defunding and disbanding the police in response to the police murder of Minneapolis resident George Floyd. The demonstrations in turn came out of years of struggle by a movement to abolish the police and prisons throughout the nation. Prisoners on the upper levels of Fulton County Jail in Atlanta, Georgia, also known as Rice Street, have passed on reports of rioting to local jail solidarity networks. Please keep sharing the number for our coronavirus hotline. We'll continue to air messages from prisoners who call in from the inside and family members calling in for support for their loved ones. You can call in on behalf of a loved one or they can call in to record their message about the impact of the coronavirus on their facility at 765 765- Three four three six two three six. Reported today by the New York Times, the police in Louisville, Kentucky, are moving to fire one of the cops involved in the death of Breonna Taylor. This announcement was made today, Friday, June 19th, by Mayor Greg Fisher, and is the first such action taken in this case. They write, quote, the officer, Brett Hankinson, was one of three officers who used a no-knock warrant to enter the apartment with a battering ram during a late-night drug investigation in March. The officers shot Ms. Taylor at least eight times. The killing of Ms. Taylor, 
a 26-year-old black emergency medical technician, has for weeks fueled widespread protests and escalating questions about why little action has been taken. None of the officers have been charged. Unquote. Leo Technologies, a company based in Los Angeles, has phone monitoring technology called the Virus System that searches for keywords in people's phone conversations. The company has been selling the technology to jails and prisons, claiming it's a way to identify COVID-19 infections early on. Virus requires prisons' phone service providers to share their call data, which Leo routes through the cloud computing division of Amazon. The cloud division sends Leo transcripts of the calls and searches for keywords supposedly related to COVID-19, including coughing, sick, sneezing, coronavirus, and COVID-19. Shilpi Agarwal, senior attorney with the ACLU of Northern California, said of the system, quote, Obviously, people talking about COVID-19 on the phone does not necessarily mean they are infected with COVID-19. The whole world is talking about the virus right now. It's not at all clear that any of the monitoring and analysis would be accurate. We know that voice recognition technology is deeply biased. Moreover, we also know that this kind of recording technology has been misused in the past to financially exploit inmates and to spy on their conversations with attorneys, end quote. Virus has transcribed over 84 million minutes of calls at the price of six to eight cents a minute. Inmates or their families have to pay for those calls. As Agarwal went on to remark, the only way we can truly protect inmates from COVID-19 is to decarcerate them. Advocates have continued to call upon the Indiana governor to ban the inhumane conditions at Indiana Women's Prison. New policies mandate that the heavy and manually locked concrete cell doors remain closed. In the event of a fire or other emergency, the lone officer on duty would not be able to unlock them all in time for a safe evacuation. The doors have no openings and there is no emergency call button inside the rooms, leaving no way to call for help if a woman were to experience a medical emergency while locked in. These housing units have no air conditioning and each cell has one unscreened three inch window, leaving inadequate fresh airflow for the four women inside cells designed for only two occupants. When the door is closed, temperatures in the cells are often 10 to 20 degrees hotter than outside. The situation is even worse for women assigned to the top bunks who are not allowed to sit on the floor or a lower bunk and can be severely punished for doing so. There are no sinks or toilets in the rooms nor any other source of water. Advocates have received reports that senior prison administrators, including those that have never worked in women's prisons before, are using the pandemic as an excuse to keep women living in lockdown perpetually. This is especially disturbing given the fact that they are permitted out of their cells to keep the facility running, yet are confined to their cells when they return from work. Further, these conditions call into question how this will affect educational, rehabilitative, recreational, and spiritual programming. Advocates report that many of the women are mentally and emotionally broken by the news that, while the city and state move toward reopening, their new normal will be a consistent and unending lockdown in tiny, unhealthy, fully enclosed spaces. We now share a statement that was sent to us from Evansville, Indiana, where the Letters to Prisoners program has recently partnered with IDOC Watch to help with re-entry for formerly incarcerated people in Indiana. Here's the statement. I live in Evansville, Indiana. The population is roughly 200,000 people, and much like other cities, our county jail is overpopulated. 
Similarly still, our city's only remedy is building a bigger jail, rather than reducing sentencing and or actually ending cash bail, which holds 80% of the overcrowded population for ransom. We have a small, active prisoner support group called Evansville Letters to Prisoners that raises actionable awareness to the punitive conditions of Indiana. This year we've been more involved with IDOC Watch statewide and want to start a chapter in Evansville. For us so far, that looks like it has brought and keeps so many of us in Evansville. That is cheap houses and our attempt at stabilizing and collectivizing ownership and investments. Through our nonprofit Edible Parks Development Collective, we've bought seven houses and ten vacant lots, which are turned into food-bearing gardens. In unofficial partnership with other housing nonprofits, we were offered and purchased an eighth house that we'd like to dedicate to post-release transitional housing in tandem with IDOC Watch. We intend for this to be offered to folks newly released and understandably ill-prepared to immediately function in society's fast pace. Being considerate of the social disabilities set up by law and policy that restrict formerly incarcerated people from accessing employment, education, housing, and meeting basic needs. We hope to build a stronger support network that encourages incarcerated and formerly incarcerated folks through those barriers and offers space and relationships to better determine their own fate according to their needs and desires. We offer skill sharing through gardening, basic carpentry, plumbing, and electrical projects, harm reduction training, food distribution, and developing prisoner support from the outside in. We are opening a free social space for these activities to center around. Our thoughts are that only collective action and community solidarity can bring about any substantial change to the prospects people face upon release from incarceration. We are always looking for more dedicated people to enhance our collective needs in Evansville so we can do more and be more together and in other places as well. Contact us via Facebook at Evansville Letters to Prisoners or eparkco at gmail.com. That's E-P-A-R-K-C-O at gmail.com. The City of New Orleans has halted design work on a long-planned expansion of Orleans Parish Jail for facilities to house inmates with medical and mental health problems, making the future of the facility unknown and setting up a face-off between City Hall officials and a federal judge. According to a legal brief from City Attorneys, spending any more money on the current plan for a new $51 million building would be a waste of taxpayer dollars amidst a steady decline in the jail population. While the jail held 1,541 people on an average day in 2016, the population fell to 1,160 people on an average day last year and dropped by another 25% since the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. Also in consideration is New Orleans' dismal economic outlook, making the estimated $9.5 million annual operating cost of the new facility unjustifiable despite an order to build it from the federal judge overseeing the agreement with the federal government to reform the jail. The city has not yet rejected the idea of a new facility, but the legal brief moves it closer to the position of jail reformers and community activists 
who have been organizing against any jail expansion, preferring to retrofit part of the main jail instead. The recent protests against police violence and racial inequality could increase pressure on the city to end the jail expansion. Protests in New Orleans have included many denunciations of the plan for a new jail. The city ordered the architect for the jail expansion to stop work on June 5th without asking for permission from the court overseeing the jail's reform agreement. U.S. District Judge Lance Afric said Wednesday that the city was in violation of court orders, writing, quote, The city's position that a design change is now needed may ultimately be correct. However, that is not for the city alone to decide, end quote. The future of the New Orleans jail complex has been debated for years. A $150 million, 1,438-bed new main jail building, which opened in 2015, included no designated space for inmates with severe medical or mental health problems. Dozens of men with mental health problems have since 2014 been held at a state prison in St. Gabriel. However, in October 2018, the state said it would only house the men for one more year. That deadline was extended as the city renovated a post-Hurricane Katrina facility on Perdido Street called the Temporary Detention Center, a facility that was meant to be demolished as a new jail buildings came online after Katrina. The city says that renovation work will be mostly complete this month, although it's unclear when the sheriff's office plans to return the inmates at St. Gabriel to Orleans Parish. Also unclear is whether the city aims to avoid building a new facility or will downside the plans for a new one. The jail's poor quality facilities were a major factor behind the 2013 reform agreement between the sheriff's office and federal government called a consent decree. Afric has long said that he views completing the new mental health building as essential to completing the agreement. Gusman filed a motion in May asking to terminate the consent decree which would end the judge's authority over building the jail expansion. However, the sheriff agreed last week to table his motion for now. Sade Dumas, executive director of the Orleans Parish Prison Reform Coalition, praised the city's latest move, saying, quote, The jail already has the space it needs. This is one example of how we can defund systems designed to over-police and over-incarcerate our residents while investing in community care, end quote. On our coronavirus hotline, a mother recently called in with this to say about the conditions at Garza Correctional in Beeville, Texas, where her son is currently locked up. Uh, first off, there's no social distancing, zero. Uh, they sleep like 12 inches apart, and they um, in, in the units, the uh, toilets uh, are not fixed properly, and the methane gas, they smell all the time. The sinks are hanging off the wall. Well, first off, this unit uh, is supposedly going to be shut down soon, so they haven't done any repairs on it. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, the sinks are hanging off the walls. Uh, it stinks. They just were shut down for 15 days, could only stay in their bunks. <clears throat> and then their telephones were down, and they for 15 days they couldn't even use the telephone. And now they're only getting about 10 minutes a day. That he was telling me about. Have there been any cases confirmed of coronavirus in either staff or inmates? I think he had said one a couple of weeks ago. So that's uh, when I started trying to figure out how and where to contact people to. Because if they're nonviolent offenders, 
and they met all of their credits for work and good behavior. They have been denied their uh, parole, and there's no reason for it other than they just want to do it. Greg Curry is one of the prisoners who received a life sentence for their participation in the 1993 Lucasville Uprising in Ohio. His supporters have set up an online shop selling face masks to raise money for his legal defense fund. There's an option to pay to donate a mask to protests in Denver. Find out more at freegregcurry.bigcartel.com. In order to honor Juneteenth, we're sharing a 2018 statement from Keith Malik Washington about the significance of the day and its relationship to current struggles against prison slavery. He writes, Peace and blessings, sisters and brothers in the struggle. My name is Keith Malik Washington, and I am a human rights and civil rights activist who's currently incarcerated in the state of Texas. Juneteenth is an abolitionist holiday in which we celebrate and reflect about the moment in history when slaves in Texas finally got word that the Civil War had ended. For two years after the Emancipation Proclamation, rogue slave owners continued to exploit black people by forcing slavery upon our ancestors. This year, during your regular Juneteenth celebration and fellowship with loved ones and members of your community, our community, I'm requesting that you consider doing something that will help raise the public's awareness in regards to the struggle. Sisters and brothers, there is a movement which seeks to abolish legalized slavery in America. A movement which is fighting hard to amend the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which has allowed slave-like conditions to continue under the guise of mass incarceration and forced involuntary servitude. We would like your help in raising the public's awareness as it relates to ending prison slavery inside the state of Texas and beyond. Texas has the largest state prison system in the United States. There are disproportionate amounts of black and brown human beings who are trapped inside these modern-day slave camps and gulags. We are being degraded, dehumanized, mistreated, and abused, and your tax dollars are funding these institutions. For starters, I encourage all of you to arrange viewings of director Ava DuVernay's trailblazing film The 13th on Juneteenth. Let's create positive conversations and dialogues about this topic. I and hundreds of like-minded activists across the nation would certainly appreciate your help. Sisters and brothers, there can be no meaningful change without you. Dare to struggle, dare to win, all power to the people. Keith Malik Washington. We end this episode with some more poetry by James L. Morgan Jr., who called in from Brady Correctional Facility in North Carolina. Morgan is a prolific songwriter and poet who often calls us to record what he's written. Here he is with poems about Father's Day, James Brown, and Aretha Franklin. Father's Day. Father's Day is basically for the fella, a way for them to be treated better by children and significant others, wives, girlfriends, and babies' mothers. Father's Day is for them to be happy, for fishing fun, and the best smashing. It's the time to be pampered a bit and to dine and be proud of it. Father's Day is for love making. That could lead to more procreating. It's all good for the more the merrier, and they are also love and cherish you. Father's Day is a day of roses. As red is juice the mostest, the white 
are also worn too and symbolize the chosen few. Father's Day is a time to pray as we thank God in the way for fathers with us are gone. They are always in the home. Father's Day should be celebrated in sincere ways and very elated. We hope your fathers feel okay and seeing no fathers. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the land from Jimmy Jam or the Morgan fam. And all the mothers, y'all keep treating them right. We want y'all to be happy both day and night. I hope y'all can understand all this. I'm leaving you all with a kiss for Father's Day, and I hope when Mother's Day was here, y'all was okay. We miss you, James Brown, by James L. Morgan Jr. We miss you, James Brown, very, very much. In every city and town, someone is touched. The stamps of your music still around. Every time they use it, we think James Brown, the godfather of soul, Mr. Dynamite, who took control and man the mic. We miss you, James Brown, at Christmas time. And yes, it still prompts some crying. You always made the children smile by giving gifts that last a while. After the turkey that dice fall, well, we lined up before it got dark. Knowing James Brown will provide in the Augusta town with soul for crying. We miss you, James Brown, in many ways. Oh, it was you who gave God peace. You crossed over East Boundary from WRDW on up Walton Way with decorations where you used to stay. You danced, sang, and created jobs, and many musicians threw down hard. Singers and dancers, members of bands, spread your funkiness all over the land. We miss you, James Brown, but hear your songs, and they will continue on and on. Get up, say it loud. So Power 74, I'm black and I'm proud. It says, steadily galore. Samples of your songs will keep us aware that you were a black man with care. We miss you, James Brown, and won't forget how you do down without regret. Please, 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 please. It's a man's world about black street boys and even glee girls. We sing with you and will always do it. King James is true. Your kids will see to it. We miss you, James Brown. And love you too, pound for pound, and all your cool suits. The black outfit of the breast, best in pants, made us senses just alike and dance. Doing the James Brown in 1970, watching Go Go Ellie's and Mama Whitney, Boots on Bass, Maceo, Johnny and Fred, Bobby Leon, Lynn Collins, and what she said. We miss you, James Brown, for you are in grown, and even after to the Lord you have gone. You'll always be the number one soul brother, for we won't ever acknowledge another. We miss you, James Brown, and love you too, pound for pound, and all your cool suits. The black outfit of best and pants made us dancers just alike and dance. Doing the James Brown in 1970, watching Go Go Ellie's and Marble Whitney. Boots on bass, next show, Johnny and Fred, Bobby Leon, Nick Collins, and what she said. We miss you, James Brown, for you are in grown. And even after to the Lord you have gone, you'll always be the number one soul brother, but we won't ever acknowledge another. And now this is We Miss You, Aretha, by James Lewis Morgan Jr. We miss you, Aretha, our soul for queen, and we grieve your leaving the scene. We were praying for a miracle from God, for losing our queen was so very hard. You reached so many all over the world, and you started in church as a blessed little girl, able to play piano and sing many parts five years old with a gift from God. We miss you, Rita, from our memory banks, and for your songs we give our sense of thanks. Chain of fools, 
Dallas in your groove and rock steady moves we also use. We shingle in jerk and love you a lot for you do down with tempos very high. You give respect and got some too. And pretty soon everyone knew you. Now to feel good it fitted your style. Spirit in the dark was slow and being fast a while. Still the prayer for you was inspirational and natural woman was sensational. When Franklin knew when you were conceived, you'd be the one to perceive energy. Perfect fans crown you. Queen of soul, when you display superior voice control, kings, queens, and for President Obama, you sang in that fabulous hat, you rock and roll and look at mama. We miss you, Aretha, as a top remaker with 18 Grammys and an avid record breaker, like a bridge over troubled water, wild, many, and rolls and black and Spanish Harlem affected a plenty, giving him something he, he can. Feel made sparkle be the real deal. The pink Cadillac surely took us way, way back. Tom Jonah gave you big poppers for breakfast, serious, and as a chart topper, much praise you deserve. Revenue and Don Cope both love you in a special way. Kurt King is so very proud. You sang her song out loud. You sang Princess Lord and Amazing Grace, and for months it stayed in top. Short space. We miss you, Rita. When high got overplayed, for you always gave God the praise. Young old thing of pleasingly plump. Some gold being made, he's and she's jump. Who's zooming you? Share your love with me. Made us do what it do. And then closely, slowly, you like Huggy Low Down and Chris Paul, who might throw down with unrelenting gall. We miss you, Aretha, and won't forget you, for in the 60s, we were glad we met you. The Blues Brothers movements with you were great, and wives of musicians still can relate. The network paid tribute to you nicely, and Glenn is glad you were his wifey. I hear you sing as I write this tribute song, my dear true queen, by the light absolutely strong. We love soulful queen, as queen will keep ya from now on this morning, we miss you, Aretha. Brothers and sisters, attention please. Remember the man dance on his knees. The man that fits came on the scene. A pioneer full of people on the labor of king. I'm talking about a man that turned the table to show black people that we are able. A man that said I'm black and I'm proud. He calls me to stand and shout out loud. The man of the hour was a star of the show. Who shows how to beat to the focus on the The man who wrote cold sweat. Papa got a brand new bag. All the wish the Godfather could brag. The man born to come out of town. Came to Augusta just to throw down. The man known around the world for rhythm songs, splits and twirls. The man who rose from shoeshine boy to live in life for giving great joy. Let's give credit where we know it's due to the Godfather of soul. Give it up, turn it loose. Please keep sharing the number for our coronavirus hotline. We'll continue to air messages from prisoners who call in from the inside and family members calling in for support for their loved ones. You can call in on behalf of a loved one or they can call in to record their message about the impact of the coronavirus on their facility at 765-343-6236. This has been KiteLine. Anyone can reach us via our P.O. Box, KiteLine Radio, P.O. Box 2422, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. 
You can hear previous episodes of our show at wfhb.org forward slash KiteLine. For more information on the stories we air on KiteLine, check out kitelineradio.noblogs.org. If you or someone you care about has been affected by the prison system, you can call us to be interviewed or to record a message to be played on the air at 812-269-2512. We also want your feedback and to share your story. Feel free to write us at KiteLine at wfhb.org. You can follow KiteLine Radio on all social media platforms. If you want to support our work, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash KiteLine Radio Show. Any funds raised beyond operating costs will be sent to folks on the inside. KiteLine is intended as a means of communication between people across prison walls. KiteLine, WFHB, or any affiliates airing this program are not responsible for the opinions expressed on the show. Please join us every Friday for more stories, news, and insights about the impact of prison on our community. Thank you for listening.